From sea to shining sea, three hours of bold truth and excellence. The Wendy Bell Radio Program. Welcome back. Hour number two of the Wendy Bell Radio program. Delighted, as always, to be with you. Remember, get our podcast wherever you get your favorite listening material. We're marching towards two million individual downloads. And you can be a part of that. We appreciate you. Wendy Bell Radio. Check us out. Give us a like, a follow, a five-star review. I want to remind you guys, David Weiss has been put in this position in Delaware as a U.S. attorney, as a special prosecutor, all this stuff, blah, 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 for a specific reason. Because he's apparently appointed by Trump. They can connect him to Donald Trump. They didn't get rid of him because they needed to be able to say, hey, it's a Trump-appointed, you know, attorney, U.S. attorney. What do you, We can't say anything about his, his moves on this. Did you guys know that five years, David Weiss... Can you imagine doing something for five years and having nothing to show for it? How fast did you be out of a job? So we looked back. What exactly was going on five years ago? If it's taken this long to get Hunter officially indicted, and they've been looking at this dude since December of 2018, well, what were the headlines? Did you guys know that on this date, Donald Trump nominated Bill Barr, made Bill Barr the attorney general. That's how long David Weiss has been looking into this Hunter Biden stuff. And also that was the same day that Uber filed for its initial public offering, its IPO on this day, five years ago. Think how long ago that was. This guy's done nothing. What are you doing except running interference for the Biden crime family syndicate? Period. It is not debatable. So let's talk about CNN. CNN is desperate to present to you little snippets, little nuggets, morsels of objectivity. I call them random acts of journalism. It's not often enough, and we're not fooled by it at all. Yesterday, Anderson Cooper, a very serious Anderson Cooper, he's staring at the camera, stone-faced. I don't think he blinks. He's got his senior Chief legal affairs correspondent, gal named Paula Reed. I think they they got her from CBS. She's been repurposed. She's on CNN. This is right after this indictment of, of Hunter Biden comes out. And again, if you're just coming up, coming to the, you know, the news today, charged yesterday nine federal crimes, including three felonies indicted in California. Okay, so th- this is how these two, Anderson Cooper and his chief legal affairs correspondent, are going to present this information to you. I want you to hear the delivery. I want you to hear everything. Here's audio soundbite. Number one, she starts going through the crimes and saying the honest part out loud to begin with. Go. Here, the Justice Department is alleging that he engaged in a four-year scheme in which they say he chose not to pay at least $1.4 million in self-assessed federal taxes he owed between 2016 and 2019. And then they also accuse him of trying to evade the assessment of taxes for 2018 when he filed false returns. Now, I have to tell you, I had 92,000 reasons last year to not want to pay my taxes. Do you think that if you didn't pay your taxes that they'd just be like, well, you know, we'll get to it. 
And what, Brock, what is that that Joe Biden always likes to say that is just so applicable in times like these when his son is accused of just not even filing return? Forget not paying him. Forget not paying $1.42 million, whatever the hell millions of dollars that he owes for all of his dirty crap that he was doing overseas and snorting it and smoking it and whatevering it away. Let's remember his, his father, how he likes to finger wag all of you. Pay your fair share. Pay your fair share. How about you, Joe? When do you think Hunter and Paula Reed are going to, or Hunter, Anderson Cooper and Paula Reed are going to have an honest conversation about the $10 million that magically appeared on Joe and Jill Biden's tax returns retroactively to 2017? Where did that come from? Where are the taxes on that? How did Joe Biden have tens of thousands of dollars to quote unquote loan Hunter money that he and actually James Biden apparently were loaning back or giving back to Joe. These people are broke. You wonder why America is in a total crap storm right now economically. You have the first freaking family that can't balance a budget, that doesn't have an honest job, that relies on trips, secret trips, And wire transfers and sprinkling it through nine different family members through 20 different shell companies. And we're expecting this guy, if he was even remotely cognitive, we expect him to have a clue in the world about what's best for the American economy. They want us to believe that Bidenomics is something that works. You guys are up to their ears, ears in debt. How on earth did you, how did you do that? Audio soundbite number two, the the extravagance, not extravagance. It's called absolute abject immorality. Ew, we're talking about the first son. Listen. Now they allege that he subverted the payroll and tax withholding process of his own company by withdrawing millions outside of that process. They also accuse him of spending millions of dollars on a quote extravagant lifestyle rather than paying his tax bills. They say in 2018, he stopped paying his outstanding and overdue taxes for the tax year 2015 and willfully failed to pay his 2016, 2017, 2018 and 2019 Ah. taxes on time despite, they say, having access to funds to pay some or all of these taxes. Do you know that the IRS whistleblowers, Gary Shapley and Joseph Ziegler, who risked everything that they have, who risked their reputations, who risked their security and their safety, their privacy, their jobs, stepped forward and have been retaliated against by the federal government? How dare you lived extravagantly? How about 1.64 million in ATM withdrawals? Just to do that, as I said, every single day for four years, how much money would would Hunter Biden have to take out of an ATM to equal one point six four nine hundred and fifty nine dollars every day? And he blew it all hookers, human trafficking. He flew and Amtrak women from all over to have sex with. And Donald Trump is the problem. Got it. Donald Trump allegedly overvaluing his 
his brand. He's the criminal. Are you out of your mind? Hey, Paula, did you see any of the pictures? The drugs? The crack? The guns? The chicks? The meth mouth? Okay? This is... It's ridiculous, ladies and gentlemen. Audio soundbite number three. This is what I like. She's going to say that these are... These are tax charges that kind of get in the weeds. You know, this is that weird CPA stuff. It's like totally beyond our comprehension. No, lady, we all have to freaking pay taxes. And you morons are the one who want to sniff up my skirt with your 87,000 armed IRS agents. Because that makes sense. Go. Again, these are these are tax allegations. It's a little in the weeds, but... Uh... He faces a maximum penalty of 17 years in prison. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, oftentimes sentences are, are far less uh, than the maximum. Mm-hmm. But I'll note that in the press release tonight, Anderson, the Justice Department also says that the investigation is ongoing. I will remind you. Stuart Rhodes. Sentenced to 18 years. Not for what he did on January 6th, but what he could have done. Because that makes sense. And you've got Hunter Biden sniffing and smoking and screwing his way through millions of dollars that he gets by selling his dad's name to people who want influence in American public policy. Really? 18 years for the Oath Keepers, Stuart Rhodes. And coming up later in the program, ladies and gentlemen, how about all this? How about all this video and this testimony that the January 6th commission has now lost? You know, that exculpatory stuff that you're supposed to share with defense. Ah, well, I don't know where it went. Unacceptable when we come back on the Wendy Bell Radio program. This is my favorite part of the entire show. I am so glad that you are here for this because this is the systematic dismantling of suck by somebody who cares enough to to pay attention. You have a media, ladies and gentlemen, in this in this country that does not look at the Capitol Police video that has been released by Speaker Johnson. They don't care. They don't care about anything that might deviate from whatever the narrative is. They don't care about the the pictures. They don't care about the proof. They don't care about anything. And they don't know because they haven't taken the time. That is how apathetic this media have been. Vivek Ramaswamy at the debate had a very interesting give and go with Dana Bash from CNN. She's going to pound home multiple, multiple, multiple narratives that are completely disproven and garbage. And Vivek does a fantastic job of letting her know. January 6th was a setup, he says. Explain yourself, she says. I don't believe it. Oh, boy. Buckle up. Six. Sure. There is no evidence that it is an inside job. Mm. It was a fringe, fringe conspiracy theory that the 
Trump-appointed FBI Director Christopher Wray has said explicitly over and over is just not true. Must be so the case. Let me, yeah, I appreciate the opportunity to address it. I was an anti-woke crusader leaving the business world, and if you had asked me three years ago, is there some chance January 6th is an inside job, I would have said that was crazy talk. I would say looking at the facts of the video footage that have come out, Dana, it is shocking that you still haven't gotten a clear answer of how many federal agents were in the field that day. Look at now the video footage of actually throwing explosives and rubber bullets into what was a peaceful crowd, then releasing to the public what came in response to that. But now look at the video footage that was released. And I'm glad we're talking about it because viewers deserve to look at that footage. Capitol Police literally letting people in who were then now prosecuted, some of whom have gone on to commit suicide because of what the government's doing. That is a case of entrapment. And I think the government has not been transparent about this, which is why I then brought up another case where the government, now 20 years later, with declassified documents, tells us that they lied to us at the time. And so I do think we have a government that's people. consistently lied to its people. See, here's the thing. Dana has not looked at the evidence. Dana has not seen the video. Dana has not looked at the documents released by House Oversight. Dana is not educated. Dana is a puppet. And Dana proves it here. She says, well, wait a minute. Inside job. That means everybody was in on it. That's not at all what that means, Dana. And you're proving further that you do nothing except parrot what they wish. Go. But an inside job suggests that everybody was who, who attacked the Capitol was well, part of some- that. I didn't say that, but I was saying that there is case there's entrapment going on. There's entrapment going on, and this looks like a case of entrapment. And if you look at even over what the last day, what do you mean day, by entrapment? Oh, for entrapment heaven's sake! Entrapment means that the police no. goaded people to do something otherwise than they otherwise wouldn't have done, and then they arrest them for actually doing it. And you, you saw don't that, think and, it was and, actually the former president who oh, let's, let's, well, was? I think that was the media narrative. Now look at actually we hard case. We heard him. We heard well, him with our own ears. Oh my heavens! You don't think it was Trump who did it? We heard it with our own ears. That's right, Dana. He said, "Now go peacefully and make your voices known." How many times did he say no violence? How many times does the does the testimony of people like that hack Cassidy Hutchinson, who said he lunged at the wheel and he was violent, he was crazed? That was all debunked. Where did all those documents go? Oh, that's right, the January 6th committee. They lost them. We didn't think we needed to save them. I mean, was it relevant? Really? And then this blistering, which I love, going back to another hoax. Dana, go. You guys said this for a long time about the Gretchen Whitner kidnapping plot. Suddenly gone silent after it comes out at trial that absolutely that was a case of entrapment, which is why two of those people were acquitted. So I'm saying this as somebody who, on the other side of this, as a biotech CEO, somebody who was even anti-woke. But if I was looking at this, I would have said a lot of this is crazy talk. But if you actually get into the details, I think it is startling. How much the government has systematically lied. And I think it's both both parties over the course of the last 25 years. But on the, the left used to be better six, at pointing this out the, and being skeptical of the government. The most, but now it's the right. Which is the most aggressive, offensive attack on the U.S. Capitol and on democracy itself what? that we have seen in our lifetime and in many, many lifetimes. <laughs> what? They're not even trying to hide it. This is the greatest threat to our democracy, she says. And then this is the beautiful creme de la creme of suck go 
to say without evidence oh, that it was an inside job. I'm not saying it without dangerous. evidence. I think that what we're seeing now is the video footage that's come out. I was in a different place before a lot of that evidence came out. But you have to respond to the evidence. What is your response or what is anybody else on CNN's response to the video footage that was released of Capitol Police literally just peacefully allowing well, people well, into the Capitol well, we know or shooting that into peaceful crowds? people that's, that's, have been convicted of crime. But the reality is many of them were convicted before that information was released. And I'm do glad, you think that former President Trump this up has there, anything to do with no, no, it? It's about Trump. You're bringing up a really good point, and your audience and everybody deserves to know the truth about this. Normally, there's a rule in constitutional law. It's called the Brady Rule. You have to turn over exculpatory evidence to the other side. In this case, it wasn't turned over because the DOJ said Congress okay. was sitting on He has to so respectfully say, Dana, you ignorant blank. Stop it. There's no evidence. It was a threat, the biggest worst attack on our democracy. All of your talking points that the administration puts out every single damn day on a platter by CNN. This is CNN. Coming up next on the Wendy Bell Radio Network, more January 6 evidence goes missing. Uh, this is kind of crucial, folks. Do not miss this. The more I think about it and the more stories come out from true journalists, such as our friend Julie Kelly, the more irate I am by the Nancy Pelosi staffed sham January 6th committee. It was a theatrical performance that wasted so much time and it wasted millions and millions of our dollars. And it was a one-sided display to cover up the cover-up of the steal of 2020. Look, you can say, ah, that, that election was safe and secure. Nothing went wrong, and you would be wrong. You would be. I'm not going to litigate that with you right now. I will say January 6th was used as a smokescreen to cover up all of the voices pushing back. And that, that, that commission, that committee of hacks, has now lost critical information, closed-door testimony with witnesses, including Capitol Police officers, including Secret Service. Hundreds of people testified. Hundreds. And now it's missing. Are you out of your mind? I want to read this to you. It's declassified with Julie Kelly. And she says this. More missing J6 committee evidence? Where are the Secret Service records? Do you guys ever wonder why the Capitol Police officers who were there that day on January 6th why they were forced to sign non-disclosure agreements. Why was that? Because there is something very disgusting that we all know happened. It was a setup. We hear people, for instance, including Thomas Massey and others, Clay Higgins, suggesting that there were hundreds of undercover federal agents inside the Capitol that day. Why? Where's their testimony? Who are their, who are, what are their names? Why can't we talk to them? 
in addition to deleted texts belonging to two dozen top Secret Service officials. Two dozen top Secret Service officials, their text messages on January 6th, all of a sudden, poof, where did they go? Why did they go there? Numerous transcribed interviews taken by the January 6th committee have not been turned over to House Republicans. Here's the story. You need to hear this because Dana Bash ain't going to be sharing it with you today. The unprecedented criminal prosecution of Donald Trump and his associates has heavily relied on unprecedented steps taken by government officials, including Joe Biden. For the first time in history, an incumbent president refused to confer executive privilege to his predecessor on a number of occasions, which forced Trump to share what is traditionally considered protected communications and records with bad faith interests, including House Democrats and Biden's Department of Justice. There's protocol. Joe Biden broke that protocol. Donald Trump stuck to it. And because he wasn't granted executive privilege, he handed over the documents these folks wanted. And that look inside those documents, it's how they go ahead and they continue to prosecute him. It's their needle in the haystack. It's bugging his phones. Federal courts played an instrumental role, too. Privilege between Trump and his personal attorney was pierced by the chief judge of the district court in Washington. Where does this happen, ladies and gentlemen? Here it does. Judge Tanya Chutkin, now overseeing special counsel Jack Smith's case against Trump related to January 6th, denied Trump's privilege claims in 2021 and ordered him to hand over presidential records to the January 6th Select Committee. They have all the goods. And then the stuff that they find that is damaging to their narrative goes missing. It's sort of like anybody in Bill and Hillary Clinton's lair, right? I mean, how many people have 50 odd people in their in their circle who've died? It's so weird. In another history-making order, Chutkin recently denied Trump's motion to dismiss the January 6th case on immunity grounds. She opined that being president does not entitle one to a get-out-of-jail-free pass like Joe Biden has had. An assertion made by no one, of course, and concluded a president is indeed subject to criminal prosecution. But the former president, his attorneys, and his close associates are not the only individuals denied privilege protections by the Biden White House. In 2022, Richard Sauber, Biden's special counsel, informed the Department of Homeland Security that Biden would not shield Secret Service agents asked to testify before Congress, while acknowledging that no congressional committee has ever sought to compel the testimony of a Secret Service agent about what they saw or heard while performing protective functions. Sauber wrote that Biden nevertheless concluded that An assertion of executive privilege is not in the national interest as House Democrats continued their investigations into the events of January 6th throughout the committee's proceedings. Then members emphasized the role of the Secret Service before and on January 6th, including the evacuation of Vice President Mike Pence and the alleged seizure of weapons outside the president's speech at the ellipse. Alleged. 
seizure of weapons. Testimony by White House aide Cassidy Hutchinson, who accused Trump of attempting to take control of the presidential SUV and assault his lead Secret Service agent after they refused to take him to the Capitol after his speech, created the committee's most dramatic moment. An unhinged Donald Trump crazed lunges for the wheel, except that didn't happen. Because, of course, nearly a year after the committee released their final report, transcribed interviews of several Secret Service official officials remain missing from the public record. Further, in violation of House rules, those transcripts have not been furnished to a GOP-led committee now conducting a separate investigation into January 6th and the conduct of the now-defunct Select Committee. Rogue, ladies and gentlemen, rogue. This is it, though. A senior congressional aide on Thursday, just yesterday, friends, told investigative reporter Julie Kelly that the DHS, quote, is in possession of numerous transcripts taken by the committee that have not been turned over to House Republicans. Why not? Rogue. Republican Barry Loudermilk, chairman of the Oversight Committee for the House Administrative Committee, led the multifaceted inquiry and demanding answers, according to the source. Loudermilk first learned of the missing transcripts after Representative Benny Thompson, chairman of the Select Committee, sent a letter in June 2023 disclosing that the committee had, quote, loaned the transcripts to DHS. Oh, goody, I'm sure Alejandro Mayorkas won't miss them. Put them in the wrong place. Thompson purportedly asked the agency for, quote, assistance and guidance in the proper archiving of such sensitive material to protect witnesses' safety, national security, and to safeguard law enforcement operations. Thompson forwarded those records to DHS in December of 2022, a year ago now. Days later, the committee automatically disbanded per its enabling legislation, taking the matter out of its hands. Quote, the executive branch was still conducting its review of the material to provide appropriate archiving guidance at the time that the select committee dissolved. Accordingly, the select committee did not have the opportunity to properly archive the material. This is Thompson saying, well, we gave it to DHS. We really didn't know what to do with it. We figured they did. So if it's missing now, I guess you have to talk to them. Thompson advised Loudermilk to take his complaints, oh, to the DHS. But the agency continues to stonewall on the chairman's requests. Who the hell do you think you are? So what's DHS hiding? Whose testimony is being concealed from both the American people and the House of Representatives? If, as Biden insisted, unvarnished testimony by Secret Service is in the national interest, where is it? The committee's Internet Archive, this is important, folks. The committee's Internet Archive contains no, no transcribed interviews of Secret Service officials that the media reported had met with committee investigators. Notably missing is that of Robert Engel, the head of Trump's security detail, who was interviewed by the committee in November of 2022. Engel is the agent allegedly attacked by Trump on January 6th, according to Cassidy Hutchinson. But following Hutchinson's explosive account, several Secret Service officials, including Engel, told the media that the confrontation never happened. What? It's fake news. It's safe to assume his interview would provide a direct contradiction to her account of what happened. Even Hutchinson has since backpedaled, as we reported. 
Loudermilk obtained a 15-page document known as an errata that made corrections, major corrections, to Cassidy Hutchinson's sworn testimony. You know, while the cameras are rolling and it's prime time, I'm going to tell you that Trump was deranged. Then when everything's kind of quieted down, I'm going to weasel through the back door and say, yeah, I'm about that. Yeah, that's not really what happened. Shh. But there's more than just missing Secret Service transcripts, presumably thousands, thousands of text messages belonging to two dozen Secret Service officials, including Engel and the director at the time were deleted in late January 2021 after House Democrats notified executive agencies to preserve all January 6 related records and after Biden appointees took over DHS. In response to an internal investigation raising concerns about the purged messages covering the span between December 7th of 2020 and January 8th of 2021, a Secret Service spokesman disclosed the deletion was the result of a, quote, pre-planned three-month system migration. And in that process, data resident on some phones was mm, lost. That's like a software glitch. That's a coding error. The January 6th committee subpoenaed the Secret Service in July 2022 to compel production of the deleted messages. A few days later, agency informed the committee that the texts had not been found. Sorry, I don't know where they went. That sucks. Quote, Secret Service agents were instructed to upload any old text messages involving government business to an internal agency drive. Before the reset. So they could purge it all, don't you think? Ladies and gentlemen. Please. We don't know what happened. What? What did that C mean? Hillary Clinton said. What does that C mean on all of my emails? I don't know. Hook, line, sinker. Setup, entrapment completed. Coming up next on the Wendy Bell Radio Program. Crazy only ends when we say it does. The story that might just push your final button on deck. All right, so I don't want you to feel like it is somehow skewed, that it's not, that it's just like people in the Beltway bubble who are all so corrupt and horrendous who would be willing to throw away fellow Americans beyond that, fellow human beings, and, and allow them to be sentenced to, to more than 10 years, 12 years, 15 years in prison over totally ridiculous sham allegations. And then, and then withhold exculpatory evidence which would help in their defense. That's how desperate they are. Why are you so desperate? Because you stole the 2020 election. Period. It's not a question. But it's not just Washington that's nutty. Okay? I like to make you feel a little bit better. Gateway Pundit headline. You ready? You ready? Because this is on the heels of the 11-year-old girl, the fifth grader, who went away on a high school cross-country or a elementary school cross-country trip. 
and was assigned, it was a sleepaway thing, and was assigned to share a bed with another student who ended up being a trans guy. <laughs> and until lights went out, I didn't know. Surprise! Here's your headline. 50-year-old man. 50. 50-year-old man with PhD. Identifying as teenage girl. Competes in swim meet. And showers in the girl's locker room. What? Yeah. Okay. According to Rebel News, Nicholas Sapata, a 50-year-old 50, 50 man in Canada who, quote-unquote, transitioned into Melody Wiseheart, was allowed to enter a swim competition with teenage girls and shower in their locker room. What? 20 years ago, we would not have even imagined this. Oh, hell, two years ago. <laughs> two weeks ago, maybe. What? Right before Zapata was heading out after the competition, a reporter for Rebel News reports that he didn't even opt for the gender-neutral gender restroom or the men's restroom. Instead, the 50-year-old pervert decided to change in the women's locker room. Look. There are dads out there. I don't know what's worse. I'm a mom and you don't want to poke me. When it comes to my kids, I don't know what's worse. The ire of a mother or that of a father. But this garbage ends when you pull your kids out. When you get out of the public school, when you get out of the pool, when you refuse to participate in the cycling competition. But she's trained so hard all her life. There's got to be a better way. As long as you engage in the reindeer games of ridiculosity that a 50-year-old man who's always wanted to be Melody I'm Nicholas, but inside, I'm Melody. And I'm Melody, who's a teenage girl. This is no different than Dylan Mulvaney celebrating 365 days of being a girl. It's called mental illness. Or tremendous theatrical performances. I don't know. They might be kind of woven together like the double helix of your DNA. Reporter says, Mr. Sapala. Sapola, Sapita, whatever his name is. What? What's the deal? Why are you swimming with 13-year-olds? Why are you breaking world aquatic rules? And the dude's running, right? Why are you running? Mr. Sapata, are you a sexual pervert? Why, yes. Why won't you answer these questions? You, of course, the far-left ideology can only be defeated. The insane can only be tackled by those of us who are willing to stand up. Those of us who are willing to be like Matt Gates. I don't care if I lose every friend I have in this chamber. Kevin McCarthy said he was going to do something he didn't do. He needs to go. And you can hate me all you want. 
but North is still friggin' North. Canada, as well as the United States, all of this kind of transgender mania. I told you about the women's cycling competition in Chicago that allowed two dudes to win the gold and the silver. Come on. And now we have people who represent allegedly. You know what allegedly means. That's something that's alleged to you that you know is wrong and they know is wrong, but they do it anyway. And allegedly, girls just need to learn how to lose gracefully. Sucks, but we can't discriminate against against boys who want to be girls. I don't know, friends. I say hell no, not happening, not on my watch. Get the hell off the team, out of the school, away from these pervert freaks, period. All right. Look, when we come back, I have a very specific question for our national security expert. John Guandolo, a Marine, a former FBI agent who worked for years undercover. A very specific question about the Bureau that I believe John is in a unique position to answer. As he digs a little bit deeper into the story of the FBI. Did you hear about this? The FBI raiding, stealing millions of dollars of jewels and money from innocent American safety deposit boxes. They're getting sued now. FBI getting sued. Absolutely right. It's what pushback looks like. We'll talk about it next. John Guandolo on the Wendy Bell Radio Network.